Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Welcome, everyone, to a very special live stream edition of Somewhere in the Skies. I am your host, Ryan Sprague, and we have a really special guest today, someone I met through the entertainment industry, and then I learned that she also was a huge UFO nut like the rest of us, so I had to have her come on the show today. We're going to talk all about her career as an actor, uh, how she got interested in UFOs, and how the two worlds seem to connect in many different ways. So that's going to be really fun. We've got Karina Isabel coming up in just a second. But before we do that, this is a YouTube live stream. So um, put your comments in the right-hand side there. If you're watching on Facebook, you do have to give StreamYard, the program we use, permission to show your your comments. So uh, go ahead and do that when prompted. Otherwise, I'm going to be taking your guys' questions as well towards the end for Karina. And other than that, if you want to help the show out, there is the Super Chat button there on YouTube. Um, If you help the show out that way, your comments will go to the top, your questions will go to the top, and hopefully Karina or I will have an answer for you. So without further ado, I'm going to bring her in right now. Karina, welcome (laughs) to Somewhere in the Skies for the first time. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Like I said, we kind of met through how most people do these days, through Instagram, through Twitter. Um, and uh, we kind of ran in the same circles when it came yeah. to, um, you know, all the UFO stuff. And then I learned that you were an actor as well in Los Angeles, uh, which I was for a short period of time as well. Somehow found my way back to New York, but that's a uh, a story for another time. But um, <laughs> I ha- I have to ask, before we even get to UFOs, obviously the bulk of this conversation. Um, Can you tell us a little about yourself for our viewers, our listeners, um, what you do, how you got interested in uh, acting? Yeah. Give us the origin story, how you became who you are today. The origin. Well, um, I was cleaning out all of my old childhood stuff. I used to write a lot of stories in elementary, junior high and high school my school year, I guess. Um, And I would draw all the time and I'm rereading all these stories. And I wrote a lot about aliens and abductions and very existential matters. I was like, I'm I'm really smart. (laughs) I'm eight years old writing about this stuff. And I feel like I've never had a sighting. I've never had any sort of encounter. I think it was just something, a, a curiosity I've always had and a thing that I've always felt in my gut to be true, because it doesn't make any sense for us to be this little baby earth and this vast space 
there has to be, it's so it's such a lonely feeling to think that we are just it. Who, who's right. ever gonna know that, you know, we built these amazing monuments or created a beautiful song or an art piece. Like it's, oh, somebody out there has to see all of this. <laughs> right, and I hope that's what that, you know, that gold disc is, you mm -hmm. know, that they sent out into the outer reaches of space. Hopefully oh. they'll hear our music someday and someday. see our television shows. And... Carl Sagan. Oh, thank you. I knew you knew where I was going with that. Yeah, I hope that Aliens first, uh, you know, television broadcast is not Adolf Hitler like it was in the movie Contact. But uh, oh. who knows, right? Who knows? I don't know. They put the the fine construct structure on that disc, which is yeah. the universal math equation. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, who knows what's going to happen or yeah. when it's going to happen or if they visited us. We will definitely get to that. But um, so what got you interested in acting? How'd you become an actor? Um, I mean, high school, junior, I was always a ham. I've, oh, I'm, I am a ham. I'm yeah. always making jokes. Um, I love to make people laugh. It's my own little ego that if I can make you smile, I, I feel good. If I can make you cry in a positive way, I feel good. Um, I feel like entertainment should be educational, enlightening, um, and exciting. It should just be a well-rounded animal. And, right. you know, we love to tell stories. Right. And that's why I love doing this, because I love sharing information. And it's a passion. So did you start then um, with stage acting? I know a lot of people start with theater, then get into film, mm -hmm. and then, you know, hop in between and everything. But um, what, was, what was like your first experience as an actor? <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It's Girl Scout camp, and we did uh, Snow White and the Seven Dudes. <laughs> oh, that, there's a twist. What, what was that all about? Uh, we were wrapping little dwarves called the Dudes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and you do improv as well, right? I do. I've been doing sketch and improv for a really long time out here. I've been part of a lot of groups. Um, and it, I, I love it. It's just off the cuff. It's witty. It's smart. It's You are having to pay attention so hard. And it's games left and right. I, it's great. I love it. Yeah, I am. I can admit that that's not the kind of actor that I was. Um, I use the word was. I should probably say is if I ever plan on going back. But like, I couldn't do it. I remember improv classes for me, um, the whole yes and, yes mm -hmm. and. I just, I couldn't, it wasn't for me. Like, I had to have the script in front of me and I had to like know exactly what was coming next. But I, I give so much credit to anyone who's able to think on their feet that quick, let alone make it funny. Like yeah. that just adds a whole other level to it as well. Yeah. It's just working a different part of your machine. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. I mean, like right now you're improvising kind of, aren't you? That's a good point. Yeah. 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 We're doing our little improv exercise tonight. Um, <laughs> well, who, who were some of your biggest inspirations like acting wise? Was there anyone who really, you know, you followed their work and you were like, that's, what I want to do, like that style or, um, I, yeah. I, gosh, I'd have to, I mean, there's not one particular person because everybody adds a little something to the pot, right? Um, a little sprinkle of this, a dash of that. I mean, I can always say Meryl Streep, the goddess that she is. Um, I'm honestly doing a Val Kilmer marathon now, going through his entire uh, filmography. And it's so, he's such an actor's actor. He really is. So I love to do marathons like that. I'll do a Stanley Kubrick marathon and watch all of his movies and 
you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, yeah. one of my favorites, favorite movies. Um, I, it's just a little bit of everybody, to be honest. Right. And I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Cause I, I would follow, like, I, I think when I was a kid, I thought the epitome of a good actor was Tom Cruise. <laughs> Only because I liked all of his movies. Like, I think yeah. Top Gun was the first one I saw. And I was like, that's it. That's the epitome of what a good actor is. Um, and then, you know, as you start to see more movies or or understand how an actor's process works, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a there's different ways to approach these things. Not that I still don't think he's a good actor, but um, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he's pretty good. Val Kilmer yeah. as well. I think he's very underrated. Um, yeah. For sure. Uh, well, I guess kind of staying on um, on that whole vein of acting, uh, what are some of your favorite roles that you've done? Um, I know you've done commercials, TV, films, stage. A lot like, of mom, a lot of mom stuff. A lot uh, of mom. Stuff. <laughs> a lot of mom. Um, honestly, a lot of uh, improv characters that I've done. Uh, I did one, her name was Famali Mensa. She was an, an old broad. Uh, she was um, a Broadway singer that could not sing, and she was one of my favorite characters. I did Old Lady Make. I was, I had a voice. It sounded kind of like Columbo meets uh, Channing. Um, what's her name? Carol Channing. Okay. okay. So I would do a, a little bit of a voice like that. She was my favorite. I also did a, a character. She was a mortician, really meek and demure, but she was a killer. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Little Dexter thing going on there. Yeah, it's always the quiet ones you should uh, watch out for. Yeah, yeah, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's so cool. I, Again, I I miss acting, and I don't get to talk about it much, so you're kind of my, um, my punching bag for today to do that. Most people know me as the UFO guy, so it's cool to stretch those muscles a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's see. We've got a bunch of people in here. Saying hello to Ryan and Karina. Welcome everyone to the chat. Um, let's see. All right, we're all caught up there. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on to why we're really here, Karina. UFOs. No, mm-hmm. again, we we started talking about acting. That's how you and I connected. But um, UFOs is where I think our real conversations we're really to be had. And again, that's why I was like, got to get her on. We got to talk about this in front of people. So let's do it. Let's dive right in. What um, you said, you wrote short stories and stuff um, about like UFOs, aliens and stuff like that. But um, was there anything else that really got you interested in the topic? I know for me, you know, it was a quintessential UFO sighting and then books and the X-Files, but um, yeah, what really drove you to continue to kind of study this topic uh, from the periphery throughout your life? Imagination, the curiosity, exploration, um, just wanting, I want answers. (laughs) I'm one of those people, I want to know. I don't want to be ignorant. I just give me the answer and I'll go on with my life. That's Mm -hmm. all. Um, I like Flight of the Navigator when that came out when we were little, that just Oh, it blew my world. I loved everything of it. I mean, and you know, when you look at um, different people's encounters and abductions, some of that rings true when you watch Flight of the Navigator, like the type of aircraft that was, the type of materials, what they found in Roswell, right? That that magic metal. Right. <laughs> that mysterious right. metal that shapes and 
um, forms in different ways. Um, that movie blew me away. Of course, X-Files, like we're X-File babies. Yeah, it, I know. We grew up right at the right moment, I think, in time, especially mm-hmm. for like when I really was getting into UFOs because I remember when I got really into it, started, you know, talking to my parents about it and they were like, calm down, Ryan, like, don't go <laughs> talking about this stuff at like family parties. People are going to think you're crazy. And then I saw the X-Files. And I'm like, oh, it's cool to yeah. like UFOs. Um, yeah. Which ebbs and flows. But so you were an X-Files fan. Hands down. I And I'll say this. I'm more of a Scully with a mad touch of Mulder. <laughs> I will always lean more towards the science and logical explanation as far, you know, not going too far into space <laughs> with my thoughts. And I always try to go back to, um, I think it's called the Sailing Rocks of California. There was a mystery of how these rocks in a desert were always moving and nobody could figure it out. Well, it's just ice that would formed. And as the ice was melting, it was moving the rocks. So really, a lot of our answers are just so simple. But we don't want simple sometimes. Right. So we create these theories, conspiracies, hoping to fill in those missing gaps. And plus, it's just exciting. I, I, I mean, I love this stuff. Yeah. It just it makes our world a little bit more colorful, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I'm so happy you brought up the idea of, you know, wanting something more. Like, we want to make sense of things. And that's kind of why conspiracy culture, I think, has kind of exploded in the past few years, which uh, we'll touch on a little bit later in the show, because there's a couple conspiracies that we talked about off air that I want to get your thoughts on. But um, this idea of, yeah, is there more out there? And I think, you know, when it comes to the X-Files, every episode, it was kind of Scully's job to, Mm -hmm. like, bring Mulder back down to earth and be like, we can scientifically explain this. And I think, you know, the first couple seasons, they really went out of their way to be like, Scully doesn't see any of the weird stuff happening. She comes in right at the end after it's gone. And Mulder's like, you missed it again. And I think it kind of became like um, a little too much of a tongue in cheek trope. And they're like, okay, we got to kind of, you know, mix up this formula a little bit. And I think as the series went on, she became more open to the possibilities of what Mulder would, you know, bring to her and vice versa. He became more mm-hmm. skeptical, which I think you're right. Somewhere in the middle of Mulder and Scully is where I think everyone should kind of be when it comes to this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I come up from the opposite side of you. I like, I'll believe everything until it's proven to me that it's not real or that it can't scientifically be explained. Um, so that's interesting. We kind of attacked X-Files from, from different angles. Um, Well, what were some of your other like inspirations within Hollywood when it came to this whole topic? Ooh, yeah. Close encounters. Let's, uh, you know, it's all about the frequencies, the the music that they were playing, just that drive that Richard Dreyfuss had to go to this mountain. Like we all are leaning, we're all driven to something for some reason to try to find a purpose. Oh, that movie was just so well done. I, I wanted to be on that mountaintop so badly. Right? <laughs> yeah, was that was that one really came to me late in life, and I kind of regret it because I, you know, I was a Spielberg fan. Like I'd seen ET, I'd seen a bunch of his other movies, but I didn't really catch on to the whole Close Encounters thing until mm. I really got into UFOs. And you know, that movie had so much basis in reality. It's clear. I mean, they even had 
you know, the former astronomer who worked for Project yeah. Blue Book, J. Right. Allen Hynek, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, if I'm remembering correctly, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was part of the system that J. Allen Hynek had created yes. within Project Blue Book to kind of yeah. look at these things. So that was a really cool shout out. Um, and the, the part in that movie that always really gets me is uh, in the beginning when the pilots are saying, you know, over the, um, the intercom, like, this thing just went past my plane and unbelievable speeds. And they say, do you want to report a UFO? Do you want to report a UFO? And all of the pilots, like, in, you know, sequence are like, no, no, yeah. no. And that's kind of what frustrated me so much about this topic is so many people have experienced it, but they don't want to talk about it. They're afraid of the ridicule that -hmm. comes with a lot of it as well. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? Like, if you were to see a UFO, um, like tomorrow, and, you know, close encounter, I'm talking like this thing came down, you saw something moving inside that thing. Um, Would you report it? Would would Uh, you like go you know, Instagram live and like, I would lose my mind. I would be calling everybody, Instagramming, Facebooking, whatever social media. I'd be like, you guys, you're not going to believe what I just saw. I have a hundred percent. I have no shame. I am not embarrassed. Actually, yesterday, my girlfriend told me she on her way home, she lives in Santa Clarita. So she's driving up the five and she's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, uh, I saw something. I was like, what'd you see? Up the five, by those mountains, she saw a black, huge triangle, like that matte color with one little light. She says it was so low. She it's she cannot mistake it for a plane. Impossible. She's on the freeway. Everybody's going super slow. An 18-wheeler pulled over. His head was out looking out, and he was just dumbfounded. Everybody. People saw it. Oh, wow. I mean, so it's they're here. We don't know who they are. I just, uh, absolutely, I'd be screaming from the mountaintop. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. They're, they, you know, there's, we now kind of live in an age where there is a there there. Like even Mm -hmm. our government is admitting, yes, these things are real. We can't explain them. We'll look further into it. Um, So we'll get to what's going on in UFO world um, right now a little bit later. But let's move back to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I want to dissect some of these with you because- Um, we were talking off air about how Hollywood portrays this topic and mm-hmm. kind of the, I guess, the marriage that's always sort of been there between media and uh, the UFO topic and kind of how the government has used uh, movies, Hollywood, um, even news to for perception management, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we had the Roswell UFO crash in 1947, and then almost not even three years later, we had the first, not even, I think like a year and a half later, we had like one of the first Flying Saucer movies come out, which was literally called The Flying Saucer. Um, mm-hmm. So what other things in Hollywood, movies, TV shows, do you think really, really did this topic justice? Um, like gave it the credence it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Jillian Anderson, Scully, her movie UFO. Have you seen it? Oh my gosh. I have that one right here on my list. It I'm so happy you brought it up. Top for me because it deals with math. Mm-hmm. Everything is about math. It all leans uh, towards equations, geometry. That's our universe. Right. Uh, and I think it is so beautifully done. And it's, it, 
concentrates on these kids that are trying to figure it out where they are trying to communicate through symbols and mathematical equations, which makes sense, which will also go towards contact, right? The movie, right. how to build that Stargate was through mathematical equations. Yeah. I wish I was a mathematician so I could understand <laughs> all of these. I really do. Um, I, I think it's so fascinating. And I think contact really hit it on the mark um, as far as, uh, secret agencies like Bigelow, Musk, Bezos that are trying to get to space. You yeah. Know, these, the, instead of the military going up there first or whatever. Yeah. Um, secret money. Yeah. Right. And you know, contact really, I think, stressed that um, that whole idea of uh, everyone's going to have their own motives and intentions when it comes yeah. to finally making contact. I know. I spoke to um, a Chinese astronomer recently who um, is working with the new uh, fast telescope in China to try to make contact, you know, through, through radio signals and whatnot, like SETI does here Mm -hmm. in the United States. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, there's a lot of tension between the United States and China when it comes to uh, politics and, and military and, and all that. But is, the sector of, you know, space exploration or the search for ET intelligence, is that something we can all work together on? And he said, yeah, I, we always have, I think he said, Americans have this fear that like, if we were to find that first message, you know, that we wouldn't tell the rest of the world, that it would be China's message and we would deal with it the way China wants to deal with it. And I know that is a valid concern for a lot of people out there, but he said, no, like we built this telescope for humanity. Like yeah. anyone can come here and use it. You know, you got to sign up five years in advance to do it, but um, you can, you can. So I think contact really hit on a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, Carl Sagan was so ahead of his time when it came to telling that story. And yeah, yeah. What other ones? Anything um, else really? Well, that makes me happy that he said that, that it's for right? humanity. I mean, yeah. that brings me a lot of comfort because there's so much greed um, that just destroys a lot of potential. <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes me really happy. Um, I like, I honestly wrote down all these movies. Because I love it. It's so hard for me to remember things. I mean, E.T., it's a classic. I, you know, I think kids are so pure and they have good intentions until the adults step into the picture and just like, uh, destroy, destroy. Um, I just, oh, that movie makes me so, makes me emotional. It's Um, a very emotional movie. Yeah. Especially that poor botanist alien being left behind by his like family. What did I mean? Hello. Why'd you guys leave me behind? Not cool. Not with these (laughs) idiots. Um, Arrival, all about communication and understanding, I think is just cinematically beautifully done. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I will never eat octopus or squid. (laughs) So. <laughs> that that's a good point i uh, you know that one just it hit me so hard i don't know what it is but i think it was the whole idea of um you know the power of language mm-hmm. and interpretation i mean we saw that in contact too but i think where arrival really stood out is how how we communicate and how we you know we were how it could be different for different civilizations you know you and i are 
speaking through a screen together in English right now, processing what the other's saying. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. There's the conversation. But Mm -hmm. you look at another civilization from elsewhere who might have learned how to communicate a totally different way. And it really makes you think, like, how would we deal with Mm -hmm. if a UFO came down and we had to somehow communicate with it? I don't think it'd be as easy as, you know, do, 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 do. Yeah, I, I mean, we could like write things down and be like, God. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, oh, it's so beautifully done. She was amazing, Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, another, my favorite um, is Wally. Oh wow! I, I, that would never have crossed my mind. Why? What? Because I look at look at Americans as opposed mm-hmm. to other countries. We just consume, consume, consume. That is the American life. You know, you always want to put on something pretty for that person or we're just a consumerism country. Mm -hmm. And so, and you go to middle America or small towns and it's all fast food, organic food, fresh fruits and vegetables is not available for a lot of these communities, especially the minority communities. So they just keep pushing in the sugar and chemicals, which does not develop different senses that we need. And I think Wally encompasses how lazy and complacent we can get. And we forget to take care of earth. And I, at every corner on this planet, there is litter and trash and it breaks my heart into so many pieces. I mean, I started a, an Instagram page called trash tins and sunsets. <laughs> showing different parts of Los Angeles of all the trash. And um, we're not what movies make us out to be, this beautiful palm tree town. It has its moments, but over here you've got encampments, you've got garb. It's just, it makes me really sad that there isn't a bigger movement to clean our planet up. And I know there's people trying. Thank God. I really love these different agencies to clean the ocean, the, the forests. And I just feel like we should take more of a personal responsibility for that. And that's why I love Wally. I really do. You're right. I, you know, it touches on so many of those uh, societal and um, eco uh, issues that we face. And, um, you know, I, I agree. I lived in Koreatown in downtown Los Angeles and, um, you know, coming from New York city, living in New York city for like 10 and a half years, I, I came to LA being like, nothing can phase me. Nothing can mm-hmm. really affect me. And I just remember the first few months walking out of my building and there was someone camped out like on the one little patch of grass in front of my apartment building and then lining the entire, you know, curbside going down the street. And you go to somewhere like Skid Row and it's the, yeah. it's lit, it's literally probably the worst thing you'll ever see and experience that. Yeah. all those people. And, um, and you're right. There are those who do try to help and, um, and, and whatnot, but you, you always wonder like, is it past the help of just a few people picking up trash, you know, off of the sidewalk anymore? Yeah. It'll make a difference. Of course it will. But um, I think you're right. Wally sh- sort of shows the overall issue of these, mm-hmm conglomerates in these huge corporations that are the ones really damaging the planet and really messing everything up for the rest of us. Um, It makes you almost feel like 
anything I do won't really matter, but it's not true. And I think it's Wally not. did a good job of, of pointing that out. It always puts that, this alien stuff always puts the mirror back on us. I don't know if you agree with that or not. A hundred percent. And yeah. that's what entertainment does, right? Yep. It, it holds the mirror and we have to hold each other and ourselves accountable. And it's so, we're so overwhelmed with the politics, with what's going on in the world, the news, the gossip, just, all I can say is just focus on the five feet around you in your own little bubble. Do the best you can every day. Pick up that little piece of trash, just whatever's in your little safe bubble. And I think that's the most you can do for you and for those around you. Absolutely. It's, yeah, It's so overwhelming. Let's just put that noise to the side and do our circle. Yep. Think of others. I'm talking yeah, to all of, of you out there. <laughs> oh, oh what here's else a good you? one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, top favorite. I uh, I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I went to see that in theaters and I fell asleep. You gotta watch it with me. Okay, <laughs> we'll do. Yeah, we'll do one of those like what do they call them? Like watch parties or something <laughs> on Facebook. I I mean I know the story. I know like you know kind of the the. The concept of it but yeah um enlighten me as the ignorant one who tried to watch the movie and failed what what about that movie stood out to you i think it's just so cleverly written um i love all the actors that are in it uh the bulgons i think are kind of like um do i want to say a metaphor to like how our government operates mm-hmm. a lot of paper pushing right <laughs> Right. Um, and just like contradiction and hypocrisy. I just thought they did a beautiful job with that. And I I love Sam Rockwell. He's honestly one of my favorite actors. Um, I call him my third husband. Sorry, <laughs> Sam. I, I think you're amazing. Uh, when he did Iron Man, his choice, there's a scene that he did with, uh, is it Mickey Rourke? Mm-hmm. In an airplane hangar and he's eating and you look at his hands and he had put suntan lotion. So his hands were all orange. I was like, oh, <laughs> I love you. He's a genius. Yeah. He was really good in, um, oh gosh, what was that one? Moon. Um, Moon yes. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That It was such a like Kubrick-esque sort of yeah. um, setup. I think a lot of people have even said like, it's a, the entire movie is an homage to 2001 a space odyssey but yeah the dude knows how to pick his roles and i think he um he's made some really uh mind-bending and and humanity questioning movies for sure mm-hmm. that's um, off to him i love him yeah for sure oh, here's another good one um district nine yep because that just says how we just love to control yep put the others into little places and uh, it's a way to control them. That movie really, you know, struck me too, not just as like an alien invasion movie, obviously. But yeah, it said so much about, I think, you know, the current state of America at the time and um, kind of the way it's continued up until today when dealing with um, foreigners. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the idea of, you know, we don't know where they come from, what their intentions are, but we got to make sure we control them to keep the status quo. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good messages in that one. Oh, that makes me so sad. 
Um, what else? What else? There's so, so many movies. I'm so happy you brought up the, the Gillian Anderson UFO one. Who would have thought, you know, right after X-Files, she'd go on to do another UFO project? I mean, it's fitting. Oh, a good one is Vast of the Night. Yes. Yeah, that one, re- that was a sleeper movie. I don't think a lot of people really saw that one. But, oh, my God, you that single clean. track shot oh, that they God. did. Cinematically gorgeous. The actors were phenomenal in it. Like I felt like I was back in that time being part of the story. Um, The shot with the old lady where it was a side and then when she did her reveal, it was her full face. I thought it was just just so smart. I loved it. I mean, I got goosebumps. I do. (laughs) And that was made for $700,000. Right. And, you know, I... I tried to get the director to come on my show, um, but the dude is like a ghost online, which I actually respect. But like, I tried so hard to get in touch with this guy, and it was like impossible. And I was told he doesn't do many interviews. But I will. I'm going to reach out to somebody because I know somebody that was directly lined up with that movie. Ooh, I knew. I knew you'd have to hook up. I'll let me. I'll make note and. uh, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> get back to me. Get back. Oh, someone said Vast of Night. Uh, I didn't expect to like it, but I did. It's so true. Oh, beautiful. Oh, so good. It was so good. Um, well, I know there's a lot of movies, Karina, but I got to ask you about documentaries. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked a little bit um, off air about the recent J.J. Abrams documentary series, UFO. And I know you literally like just watched it before we came on here. Um, so we, we're going to get the fresh review right now. What'd you think? Um, it's JJ Abrams. So, you know, it's going to be beautifully done with all of his light flares. <laughs> Lens flares. Yeah. <laughs> to make it very dramatic. Um, I, I thought he pretty much covered a lot of ground, a lot of topics. I mean, he, uh, what's the woman's name um, that for the Phoenix lights where she went and did her own uh, investigating. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what, was, what was her name? Was it uh, Dr. Lynn Katai? Oh, gosh, darn it. I wish I had written that down. Or oh, Francis Barwood? That's what it is. It's Francis. Okay. Um, I loved her tenacity. And here's the government. The mayor Was was it the mayor of the town? The her, governor. Governor, actually. governor. Yeah. Uh, gaslighting her. Yeah. And so there it is, is the government and the military gaslighting us everyday people. And like, no, I, I saw something and I know that is not us. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved her perseverance and trying to figure it out. She's like, I'm not an idiot. Don't right. lie to me. <laughs> and they're well, like. I was going to say, so yeah, you have kind of this setup of like, I think, you know, the first two episodes were really about all the stuff happening right now with the Navy and, um, and then they go to Phoenix lights Mm -hmm. and then it seems like the, did you see the whole thing? I did. Yeah. Okay. It took like a really sharp turn kind of in those last two episodes where um, he kind of flips it upside down and goes like full into this whole idea of like the government is lying to us it's all a big disinformation right. campaign. And I was not expecting that. I thought this right. was going to be kind of your, you know, a list kind of um, surface no, he, level documentary series. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah. He got really dirty. I was like, Ooh, this is good because it makes me think 
when we go back to the Cold War um, in the 60s, where people were afraid with the Russians, were they, did they make this whole alien thing a way to distract, right? That magic trick is what they're talking about, which makes a lot of sense. Let's give them this huge theory. Let's distract them. Could that be what's happening now with this disclosure movement? Are we preparing for World War III? That's a whole conspiracy on its own. I don't know. Yeah. Is I do know that our um, Air Force and our military, they have acknowledged that there is technology that we have that we are not prepared as everyday people to see. And then you can go back to Eisenhower where supposedly he... <laughs> um, had a discussion with Mr. Alien and Mr. Alien was like, we're here to give you this technology to help advance your civilization. And Mr. Eisenhower is like, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think we're quite ready for that. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, um, I interviewed a gentleman who wrote a book about that entire affair and um, yeah, I was like really on the fence about it. I'm like, this is like such a part of UFO mythology. It's fun mm -hmm. and quirky and everything. Like thinking about Eisenhower, like shaking hands with a little, little green man and everything. But the more this guy um, showed me like the documents and stuff that he'd come up with and supposed witness testimony and people involved, I was like, huh, <laughs> maybe there could be something to this. But I think you brought up the really important part about it. Like if it did happen, and they were willing to give us this technology that could change humanity. And Eisenhower's like, no, thanks. I'm kind <laughs> of like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, well, they did, they uh, did that with Tesla, didn't they? Uh, they just like ripped him apart and threw him to the waters. I was like, Tesla was the father of energy. Anyways, yeah. um, back to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, right. We really uh, went off there, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I went in a tangent. Um, oh, we I, both did. I, I never thought that we would be left to question Luis. Wait, I didn't. I did not see that one coming. Like all the work that he's been doing, you're saying now that he was not directly in line with ATIP and he's not part of it. Right? That left me yeah. confused. Hey guys, Ryan Spreck here. When I'm not making podcasts, I am listening to them. Seriously, I'm obsessed. And if there's one person and one show I turn to every week. To hear stories of the strange, the weird, and the unexplained, it's of course gotta be Jim Harold's Campfire. With over 500 episodes, Den of Geek called Jim Harold's Campfire the best tool we have currently in existence to hear real-life scary stories from other human beings since the actual campfire was invented. The concept is pretty simple. Jim talks to other regular folks and strange stuff that's happened to them. And yes, that includes UFOs and UAPs, along with cryptids, ghosts, and true head-scratching mysteries. One of my all-time favorite stories is one where a woman almost ended up being absorbed by a painting in a mysterious bar that seemed like something straight out of the Twilight Zone. Or there's the story of a young man who encountered a spider-like creature with baby hands. Then there's the story of a woman in England who encountered what she thought was a banshee, only to suffer a horrible tragedy only moments later. Now, not all of the stories in Jim Harold's campfire are horrifying. Some are actually pretty heartwarming, like a visit from a past loved one. 
or a peaceful near-death experience. Regardless, there are true and fascinating stories told by ordinary people who've had extraordinary experiences. So, pull up a virtual log, get cozy, and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Somewhere in the Skies. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It, it was it was a little dizzying only because, yes, we asked these questions when he first came around. But I think a lot of that's been answered since then. So it makes me wonder, did uh, Abrams and the creative team choose to um, neglect that information? I mean, Senator Harry Reid wrote a written statement saying he headed a tip. He was mm-hmm. a part of it. He was exceptional at the job. Um, but that somehow didn't make it into this documentary. It's almost as if they wanted to keep that, you know, in the public's mind of this all could be, you know, right. um, a lie. And I, I got a little frustrated with that as well. Um, while I think it's a, extremely important to always question these people who come out of intelligence and, mm-hmm. and the government and say, we're going to help get the truth out about UFOs. I'm always a little hesitant with that. And I still yeah. am like, yeah. Elizondo's a nice guy. I've interviewed him. I, I've talked to him privately, but it doesn't mean I'm like, you know, I believe every word the guy says. Um, but I think the documentary series did a poor job of of covering that whole aspect, all of it. And that's kind of where they lost me was that mm-hmm. whole like pushing this really um I don't know. Uh, this what, what disinformation thing. Yeah, yeah, what are you guys trying to prove? What's your intention here? And that's my question. What What's your agenda? Because even we can obviously ask the government and the military, what's your agenda in releasing this information, acknowledging that the Tic Tac is real? And, and what are you trying to do to our mindset? Like, mm-hmm. I, that's where my question is. 
what does that what did that say? Best that said best place to hide anything I mean, is in plain sight. Agree. That is true. That is Agreed. true. That mm-hmm. person, Anonymous Rex, also said ex head of MUFON sold out to the dark side. Yeah. As yeah, that was some interesting. People do. You know what? Everybody has a price tag. Yeah. Everybody. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Like we we learned that this secret Pentagon program that uh, was running had money given to Robert Bigelow, who you know owned Skinwalker Ranch at one point, and also like basically bought off Mufon and got all of their their files and stuff. Like, what do you think the end game is there with this Bigelow guy? He seems to have his hand in every cookie jar when it comes to all of this. It's all about control, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about control and who has the most information can control the rest. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's the Howard Hughes of ufology world. (laughs) You can buy the answers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know. Everything can be just speculation at the end of the day. I know as much as you know, next to this person over here. So we can just like, we're we're just doing our best to try to put the pieces together because we know that there is something more to all of this puzzle. And it can also go in the lines of religion where we all want to believe in something bigger than us. Right. And sometimes with those kinds of ideas with religion and aliens, there is not going to be concrete proof. It's a feeling. And you can't argue someone's own reality when they're feeling something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to, I guess, you know, have a have a discourse when people are so kind of set in their their beliefs. And that's why I always, you know, when people ask me, "Do you believe in UFOs?" I'm like, it, "Belief has nothing to do with that." That you're immediately stepping into religion territory when you when you ask that question of belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have that luxury. Like, I saw a UFO. I'm not saying it was aliens. Or anything like that. I have right. no idea what it was, but um, I, I, I know, I know there's things out there you that felt we can't something. explain. Yeah, it gave, it gave you a feeling in your body. I can't argue with you on that. There's no yeah. way you can't argue with somebody who's like, I had an encounter that I cannot quite explain, but it made me feel something. Like that's you can't take that away from anybody. I yeah. I was like, you have to believe in something. I just, there's magic out there. I do. I believe that. There's yeah. my molder. <laughs> <laughs> they came out. Um, awesome. I'm guessing one of your favorite episodes was the, uh, what was it? The amazing Malini or whatever it was with the magician. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Like yeah. Season eight or Holy nine, cow. I think. I did yeah. binge all of X-Files, I think, during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, well, you know, effects on people. Uh, that was another big part of the, the JJ Abrams series with um, Kevin Day, the chief radar operator who kind of first tracked the Tic Tac UFOs um, off of Catalina Island in 2004. And um, man, like I got goosebumps when he was on screen being like, this is really hard for me. And like this, this thing ruined my life. And yeah. Oh um, man, you felt it when he was talking, huh? Oh God. So, you know, I interviewed Kevin for my book and it was really interesting because the way they told his story, it was like the exact arc of the chapter in my book. And I was like, who read my book, who read Uh my book that wrote that episode. But no, it's, you know, 
it, it's logical the way his story plays out in terms of um, how they presented it. But when he said, like, when I saw that Tic Tac video on the screen, you know, when it flashed across the news, I started crying. So I'm like, there it is. There's what I saw in 2004. Wow. Everyone said I was crazy. Um, I didn't talk about it for so long. It like was such a, you know, detrimental part of my life. And now here it is in front of all of the world. And I, I would imagine for him, it was vindication as a lot of this stuff is mm-hmm. now that a lot more people are taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Are cool. we closer or are these people who've had experiences, are they vindicated now? I think so. We're getting there, aren't we? I mean, all we want in life is a little bit of validation <laughs> and to not feel crazy at the end of the day. Uh, there's just enough stress as there is, but I, just validation. That's yeah. all we're asking for. Stop. I'm going to use this word again. Gaslighting. <laughs> Come on. You know, yeah. they, they did this to Frances Farmer in the 50s. She was an actress and she wanted better roles for us. She was speaking up on feminism points. And the studios and her own mother threw her into uh, insane asylums. Mm. And she was like trying, like, no, I'm not crazy. And they kept pushing her in there. So they were doing lobotomies on her as well. Uh, That's a whole other story. I highly recommend if you guys go down that that rabbit hole because she, oh, oh God, oh, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me angry that people were doing this. And Well, and we know that they've done this in different ways and iterations throughout history. You know, the, Mm -hmm. as much as we might, here's, here's the dilemma and everyone brings this up. Um, It's kind of become a meme now is why is everyone now willing to believe and trust the government when it comes to UFOs? When like for the last 70 years, we've been saying they're lying, they've lied, they covered this up and, and this and that. Um, it's an interesting question to ponder for sure. Why are people yeah. so quick to now be like, oh, they're like, here it is. Here's the answers we've always wanted. But it's like, hold on. Like, why are we, why, why yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I, a little trepidation, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, take baby steps because these are, uh, God, you just don't know who to trust that's coming out with this information because then we go back to what's your agenda? What is it that you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to distract us? Are you really wanting to help us? Which right. one is it? And I feel like it's in the middle. And that's Something. our job to figure it out, right? You got the chocolate ice cream. You got the vanilla ice cream. Here's the swirl. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect analogy. I love it. Also, um, Dave Ghost, thank you for the nine ninety nine um, super chat. I really appreciate it, man. Um, if you're just joining us, we're resetting the room, as my my buddy Luis always says. Um, we are here with Karina. And we are talking all about UFOs, Hollywood and UFOs, um, the government and UFOs. We're covering it all tonight. So I guess moving back to movies, any other ones really stick out to you or um, TV shows? I mean, Elf is my favorite. Elf. Oh, I never got into Elf, unfortunately. It's just dumb. It's dumb. But there's an alien living with a suburban white family. Perfect. (laughs) Take it, yep. it or leave it. A Galaxy Quest. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think uh, about that one. Rest in peace, Mr. Alan Rickman. Rest in peace, um, my man. 
I just, I think it's just a great movie all around. Everybody is fantastic. The way it's written, shot, I just, I loved it. I loved it a lot. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, did you watch, uh, did you watch Project Blue Book? The history I did not. Series? No. Uh, okay. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, a lot of people, you know, thought it really did the UFO field um, harm because they really exaggerated a, a lot of the actual case history that J. Allen Hynek investigated for Project Blue Book. But, you know, TV. it's TV, yeah. it's entertainment. I try to remind people that same with X-Files, same right. with everything that's out there that's like on we were, television. Like we were saying earlier, at least the conversation has started. Yeah, so, totally. So many people who never knew who J. Allen Hynek was now know who he was. And mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. He's one of our heroes in the UFO field, at least for me personally. And, um, you know, really went in saying there's nothing to all this and came out on the other side, not a believer, but like an acceptor that, mm-hmm. you know, even though he was an astronomer, there were so there was so much in the universe that he still couldn't explain. And um, I thought that the show did a beautiful job with that. Um, Good. That yeah. makes me happy. Um, what about Roswell? Do you ever see any of the Roswell oriented stuff on in the uh, Hollywood sphere? Did I? Are there any movies about Roswell? I mean, there's Paul. There's Paul. There was, was a made for, I guess, made for television of uh, Showtime did a movie on Roswell. It was starring um, Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks. He played, you know, the military officer who first was on site during the how did I not crash. see this one? I'm always looking for good alien sci-fi movies. 1994, Roswell. Yeah. Check it out for yeah, sure. I Put it know. on the list. Yeah, and I'm typing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymous Rex says, the show highlighted the fact that abductions have shifted from physical to mental. Interesting. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, um, I love that because now let's go into, <laughs> into – um, into the mind, right? You got your interstellar, you have what else is there? Uh, tenant, uh, vivarium. Yeah. Mm, what other ones are there? Anyways, I deal with the mind, eternal sunshine. Um, because then oh, I'm losing my track of thought. It's, well, I, I think you're, you're on the right track because there's so much of this like nuts and bolts alien lands, someone sees it or like is abducted by aliens, this, that, but there's also this whole other end of the spectrum where like, this could all have to do with consciousness too Mm -hmm. and time and space and in all that sort of stuff. Right. So then, so then let's go into that is um, meditation, right? We ask ourselves the questions, we go into meditation and that's where we see the answers. And once we are consciously aware of who we are inside and we tap into earth, we go grounding, which I highly, like, I'm a big fan of, um, time and space consciousness. <laughs> Matthew's on board with everything you're saying. I love, he loves it. <laughs> I love this. I think it's all connected. It really is because then there's that telepathy um, that they say is, how they can communicate with us. And I've heard that from encounters. I had a girlfriend, her best friend was walking to her house one night and she felt a presence above her and she saw a craft of some sort and they got into her mind and like, 
kind of in a singy songy type talk. They're like, we're not here to hurt you. We're, and they kept repeating this, but it was a little dark in its own way. So she ran into her house because it scared the living daylights out of her. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, well, what do you, do you, do you buy into this whole, like, what do they call it? CE5, where like we can initiate contact with aliens by using meditation techniques or sure. we're able to like vector in the UFOs by using our collective consciousness. Is that something sure. you, you think is possible? I think it's all, yeah, because I think you've had a lot of people uh, that are giving their encounter stories where they would just look up and they would focus and they would think something and then the craft or the lights, the orb would move mm-hmm. or their thoughts were somehow connected to these orbs that are moving around the sky. I'm so fascinated with that. And I, Ryan, every single day, my head is always up looking I'm like, I want to see something. It's, sometimes I'm just too desperate and they're like, we, we need to let her um, chill out for a second. <laughs> She's a little too overzealous to see us. Yeah. Too excited. She needs to, she needs to calm down. Um, I, yeah, I need to calm down. I know that. <laughs> well, that, you know, and that's a good, that a good way to kind of frame that is so many people have come to me and said, I never thought about aliens. I never like thought about UFOs. I wasn't a sky watcher. And this experience literally like, fell into my lap. It just happened and it changed my life. I didn't wow. seek it out. Um, I had no interest and then boom, it happens. So it does make you truly wonder like, is, is, is that the intention of whatever the phenomena is mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, touch the lives of those who haven't thought about it or would never think about it? Um, whereas there's people like you and so many others out there who are like, I don't want to use the word desperately. That's condescending, uh, but are like tenacious, little. maybe a little, <laughs> you did say you've, you got a couple bruises from running into things, looking up so much. It's true. I'm not going to lie. I will not sugarcoat that one for you. <laughs> but yeah, you do have to wonder, like, is it, cause I feel like if you look for it, you're always going to be let down. Even yeah. if you were to have an experience, um, it's probably not going to be what you expected. Uh, I know a lot of people who really seek this stuff out. They're always like, yeah, like I saw a light in the sky, but it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. And then the person who never thought about it in their life, they're the ones to get like the close encounter of the third kind where they could like see every light on the craft and, oh, and stuff amazing. like that. I did. Um, I went to, I took myself on a, on a little date and I took myself to Integratron out in Joshua tree. Um, it's, I highly recommend you all to, to research Integratron and the science and the physics behind it, the way that it was built and why it was built and where it's at. I think it's really fascinating because it, uh, lines in the same electric magnetic grid as the pyramids. Um, interesting. So there's a lot of energy in this area. Um, anywho, I, I had a beautiful time. I love it. It's a sound bath. So it's right. all about frequency and energy, which I believe is what we are made out of. And that's what connects us to they, I want to say, is that frequency and energy. Um, we can also get into hertz, and but that's another topic. <laughs> but uh, my point is I got Stephen Greer's app. Right. 
I paid that money. So I think it was $7.99. So there was like a meditation on there to try mm -hmm. to call upon them. So I was like, I was at a convertible beetle. It's late at night. I'm going to pull off on the dark side of the road. It's so dumb. <laughs> it sounds like an abduction waiting to happen. Oh my God. Um, I was asking for it. And I was like listening to the meditation and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'm starting to scare myself. <laughs> I'm going to go home. So I get onto the highway and I'm stupidly always looking up and I saw a black mat type craft, kind of like the one that my girlfriend says she saw right. in Santa Clarita. I, and it was like a blip of a second. I looked up and I'm like still driving. I got to focus. And I was like, wait a minute. That, that was not a helicopter. I could see it because the lights, the orange lights from the streets was reflecting. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make another stupid decision. Let me pull off the highway, go down another dark road, get on top of a mountain and look out. Dumb. <laughs> uh, I did that. I didn't see anything. I waited. I Did I call upon something doing the meditation? I don't know. Was it an actual something? I don't know. Huh, interesting. There, there, there seems to be some sort of parapsychological, uh, I think, you know, connection. I, I do think, like you said, I've spoken to so many people who have seen something and been like, move to the left and whatever, mm. the orb or whatever moves to the left. Or one guy I talked to in, um, I believe it was Michigan, you know, had like an SOS game with the headlights of his truck and this string of orbs over Lake Michigan, like literally he flashes lights and it would flash back. And, you know, it wasn't a plane. It wasn't like a ship on the water. These were, you know, singular stationary lights out there over the water. And mm -hmm. like, as soon as he would try to communicate with it, it would communicate back to him. So I don't know. I don't know what oh. to make of all that. Do they have a sense of humor? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say yes, because you look at some of these abduction cases, and um, I want to touch on abductions with you in just a moment, but you hear of people who have been abducted, and when they're brought back, like, their clothes will be on inside out. Or uh, there was one case that a buddy of mine, Rob, told me about where someone was abducted out of their car while they were driving on the freeway, oh. and they were when they were brought back, they were put into the wrong car <gasps> and that person was put into the other person's car oh. and they didn't realize it until they both eventually pulled over and they're like, sorry, I don't know what happened. Um, have a nice day. Oh, and those great. are the moments where I'm like, either they really messed up or they have a really weird sense of humor. They don't have, um, what is it? Those script doctors on sets, the <laughs> right. continuity. <laughs> They don't have one of those yeah. people. <laughs> the, the button was actually, the top one was undone. <laughs> you got to go back. Yeah. Continuity checker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. But I do. I do think sometimes they do have a sense of humor. Um, but it's not always a laughing matter, um, you know, when it comes to abduction. Some of these are pretty, pretty freaky and pretty traumatizing wow. for people. Um, what do you make of abductions? Any of them really stand out to you? I was little when fire in the sky came out. I remember seeing that in the theater mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Was I peeping in my pants? Cause that <laughs> scared, that scared me a lot. And as an adult watching it, yeah, I'm still scared. Um, and you know, they came out with that documentary discrediting them and they're all saying, Oh yeah, it was a hoax. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't believe that it was a hoax. I don't believe that they were lying. I, you know, it's hard. Um, especially when it comes to the abduction phenomenon, because there's very, if ever any evidence and yeah, we, we have caught people in lies and hoaxes when it comes to that. But for that one, like you said, um, all those dudes passed those lie detector tests, right? you know, and their, their stories lined up and I don't know. I can't come to accept that. Um, it was an elaborate hoax. I just don't, I, I, I feel like, we would have known that by now there mm-hmm. would have been so many holes in the story that would um, eventually come to light. And right now it seems that some people are trying to discredit the Travis Walton uh, abduction and saying that it was all a hoax, but um, I still have hope that I do something too. happened up there in a uh, snowflake. I, I do too. I mean, these people, they're not actors. They're, they're working men. They work with their hands. They work outdoors. I know that, you know, they're saying there was, some kind of money issue that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just don't, I don't buy it because here we are again, they're trying to discredit these people in their stories and it just feels too factual. I know the movie, I, I think I had read somewhere that there were worse things that had happened to Travis on that ship that the movie didn't depict. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, he said that the abduction part of the movie was probably the least, accurate when it came to what he experienced on the ship. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, they went really extreme into kind of the, the horror esque elements um, in the movie Mm -hmm. uh, where he says that, yeah, it was, they got the feeling right. Like how he felt while he was up there and this idea of isolation and terrified and all that. Um, But that, you know, he met several races of aliens while he was on the craft. He even like, took something off the experiment table and like tried to hit one of the aliens at one point. But um, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I, I've, I, my, so there's two stories, my hairstylist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good lead in. Thank you. She's uh, into Joe Dispenza. She does a lot of the metaphysics, the modalities and hypnotism. And she studies, she's, deep, deep into it. And she goes like the Galactic Federation, what you see in Men in Black, what you see on um, Star Wars, Star Trek is kind of close to the truth of what's mm. going on up there with these different races. Um, great. Cool. I'll buy it. Sure. I'm a, if you say so, because yeah. also I, I was on set once and the makeup artist, her dad worked for NASA and there was one, you're going to love this. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. In the cafeteria, um, they always have TV monitors showing live footage of what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, something flew onto the screen. And then the the footage was cut. It mm-hmm. went to black. And everybody in that cafeteria saw something. And they were just, like, looking around. After that, people were trailing all those people that were in the cafeteria, digging through the garbage, saying, you can't say anything. Nothing can happen. Um you know, scaring the daylights out of these people if you open your mouth. So who knows, you know? Yeah, yeah we, we've heard a lot of stories from ex-NASA employees of, like, them scrubbing footage or, um, you know, even images that have been taken of certain, um, you know, aerial shots of the Earth. Like, they'll Photoshop things out of them. Wow. And Again, this could all be, like, 
conspiracy theory stuff, but there are a lot of credible people who've said that that has happened. So, you know, I'm open to that possibility that, yeah, of course, NASA is going to have things out there that that can't be explained. And look, that's their fault for doing like 24 seven live feeds out there. Like, what do you expect? People are going to watch that for like 10 hours if they don't have to go to work and like um, look for stuff like UFOs. (laughs) I know I have. For yeah. sure. I'm oh, always like, what was that? Oh, it's yeah. Story. It's just, yeah, just space junk. Just mm-hmm. space junk. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Betty and Barney Hill? I oh, know so we talked a little bit about that off air. Is that another one you buy into? I, Oh, so when I first heard about it, I was like, did they make this up because they're an interracial couple dealing during a very difficult time in our history? Was this something to distract? I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I think it really, I want to believe that it is true and that it did happen to this couple because you hear their um, hypnotist uh, tapes. Yeah. Those are screams that are coming from your belly. That is not a fake scream whatsoever. So there is something that had happened. Yeah. Now, what is it that abducted them? Could it have been our military to do experiments Hmm. Or is it of something, something else? Do you think that's a possibility? I have talked to people who believe that their abduction experiences were not alien; that they were done by a military branch or I hundred sort percent, of, yeah, yeah. Because look at our all of our governments in every country has done human experiments without our consent. Yeah, a hundred percent. MK Ultra, Project Itch. Um, even um, transferring a monkey's head to human body. I mean, it's like the real island of Dr. Moreau, isn't it? Like there's a whole island where they do these experiments. Um, there's LRAD sonar warfare that they're using today. That scares, that scares me because mm. we have no control over that whatsoever. Um, what other, the chemicals that are in our everyday. Tuskegee experiments I know is a big one. You're right. Like there's horrible things we've done um, in the name of science and Mm -hmm. and national security. But um, that's interesting that you would tie that to the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. I've heard that before, that Mm -hmm. this was kind of their first test run was with this couple. And um, look, there have been people who've come forward and said that a lot of these UFO cases we've come to know as famous were also like staged military operations, stuff like Roswell. Um, another big one is the the Rendlesham Forest incident in England, um, where like 60 military personnel saw a UFO land in a forest mm-hmm. and saw like beings get out and like the craft flew away and this and that. And um, all the military people said they felt really like dizzy while this was happening and like time slowed down, time sped up everything was a little weird and the guy i spoke to he he had an interesting argument he's like it was total like either some sort of like sonar experiment where it could mess with their heads or it was all like straight up holograms they were testing early hologram technology so sonar i don't know Look what they're doing to our oceans with the sonar testing. They're completely wiping out the whale and dolphin uh, communities because they they migrate based off of their own sonar that's directly linked to Earth. And we're screwing with that. 
We're also screwing with the migration of birds. We are just, we are screwing it up heavily. And I 100% believe in human experiments. You can go back to the Nazis. They're linked to so much. I mean, the U.S. brought over the Nazis after World War II. We're like, hey, we're going to hide you guys as long as you do these experiments and help us out, right? Yeah, get us up into space. Yeah, all is Exactly. I, man, they're dirty. (laughs) Dirty America plays dirty for sure. Um, Dirty. Well, this kind of just hit me. So I want to ask you in terms of um, the ocean. Now, probably the most famous case now is the the Tic Tac event off of Catalina Island that we saw in the J.J. Abrams documentary and everything now. Um, Do you think that was a military operation? Like was whatever these fighter pilots saw out there and was caught on radar a lot of people theorize maybe it was the Air Force mm-hmm. testing something on the Navy, or this was all a huge test within the Navy to see how the pilots reacted. Um, whatever it was, you know, it was dangerous. Yeah. Like the pilots could have, you know, crashed into something or and anything could have happened is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. do, what do you make of this whole Tic Tac event? Was this something that could have been ours? Uh-huh. Anything, I, you cannot rule it out, right? Um, I would want to say that it could be ours, but why would we risk the lives of our pilots? In the grand scheme of things, the lives mean nothing. We're just pawns in a game. I believe that. But they're not going to risk destroying a multi-million dollar aircraft. <laughs> That's sadly true. Yeah. <laughs> I just... But I also, you know, there's underwater bases that we have learned-ish of alien underwater base that they're there off of Catalina Island. I mean, look at the Los Angeles, um, what was it, the invasion, the alien invasion, was it in the 30s? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that story? Vaguely, yeah. So what if they came from our waters over here? I've, heard, I've had friends where they go out to the beach and they're just sitting there and they start to see lights shoot out from the water. It was just like, there's no explanation for it. Again, it's a fine line. I feel like it's right in the middle of everything. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I, I've done a lot of research into Autech, which is a underwater base um, in the Caribbean. And same thing. Like, this is where they test a lot of underwater warfare stuff. And, um, you know, this base is underwater, yet the restricted airspace above it goes all the way up into space. So you're like, why is an underwater base, why do they have such restricted, huge areas cordoned off that reach even up into the outer reaches of space? You truly have to wonder. So I don't know. Field trip. Field trip. (laughs) We're going, I, I'm not the best of swimmers, Karina, I'm going to be honest, but um, I'll let you, I'll let you do that one. Um, (laughs) Actually, no, you're so close to Catalina. Yeah. We'll, We'll get you out there for sure. Um, Well, let's move to another sort of meaty topic, controversial. Um, And we're going on about an hour here. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm trying to keep up with the chat here. Let's see. Uh, Matthew says hoax. I think he was talking about Travis Walton. Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dave says water aliens. Nice. Yep. I honestly think our oceans hold so many more mysteries than anything up in space. And we should probably be looking down there. I agree. Look at the movie Abyss. Beautifully yeah. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where it's at. I'm telling you. 
I think a lot more of this UFO stuff we should be looking down for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's move to ancient aliens. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the meme, you know, Giorgio Sikolos with the big hair and aliens built the pyramids, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're going on their 14th season Holy of ancient moly. aliens, if you can believe it, um, which is insane to think that anything alien related could, you know, be on television that long and people are still watching, even though they're now up to not ancient aliens, they're up to like the Pentagon UFO stuff. But um, what do you think? Are, are you into this whole Eric Von Daniken ancient astronauts? Like have aliens been here for millennia? Gosh, where do we, where do you start? I, I first started love. I loved ancient aliens. I was like, Oh, this is so fascinating. Finally, somebody's doing this and putting this information out there. Then I found a guy that debunked all of ancient aliens. And I was like, ooh, like it usually, it's just a simple answer. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, man, it's so hard because it's very entertaining. But then when you look at some of the facts, like the pyramids, I, I, I believe it was human built. We had the technology back then. We had the manpower. We also had mammoths during that time. I believe we had technology ancient civilizations had technology that we don't have today because we've been dumbed down or watered down by people above um the the pyramids are an energy source i do believe that i they were made out of uh what is it limestone that's a conductive um Mm -hmm. for energy and how is it even possible that cultures around the world had pyramids and the same uh, ideologies? It blows my mind. At the same time, yeah. At the same time. this is So then, yeah, of course, were aliens involved? Were they giving these different civilizations information? It's so, oh, it's so fun to believe and hope that's the case. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like... Um, you do an experiment with a group of monkeys. You teach one monkey how to open a can. The other ones start to see it. And then other tribes of monkeys, they start to feel or they start to come around to understanding that um, that idea. So that could also be how ancient civilizations were all kind of on the same grid of thought. Mm. Just somehow yeah. we're connected. That's such an interesting concept. Yeah, because not only pyramids, but we know like different cultures uh, came up with, uh, you know, fermentation or, you know, as we come to know it, beer nowadays, like different civilizations that had Mm -hmm. no ways of communicating came up with like the same concept at the same time. So maybe that was the moment in time where whatever created us was like, all right, let's get this new thing out there that's going to really like you know, give them a hangover tomorrow morning or something. I don't know, but you do have to wonder. That's such a good point. Um, I think uh, moving away from the idea of aliens intervening in our evolution or, or whatnot, um, we have to keep in mind how smart, how dedicated, how uh, tenacious human beings are, Mm -hmm. especially when you look at the pyramids that were built literally on the backs of slaves who, if they didn't bring those stones there, um, they would be beaten. They would be killed. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's enough motivation to get that pyramid done. Um, 
So I mean, yeah, at, I'd have to agree. You look at the word extraterrestrial, terrestrial, terrain, part of Earth. So we, I want to say like, maybe we are the extraterrestrials. We have just lost the contact with ourselves because we're supposed to be in tuned with Earth a hundred percent. And I, we've just been, we're consuming so many chemicals every day that we are losing our sight and everything, even social media with people wanting to be influencers and TikTokers and all of this. Look at the indigenous tribes. Their whole idea of the photograph is it steals your soul. And indigenous tribes of all sorts around the world were connected to earth. The answers are always have been in nature. You have the law of nature. That's the way the universe works. And you have to get onto the program. But then you've got human greed and ego that comes in and just like destroys it all. And then we become so selfish and ignorant. Um, and I just feel like we are our own downfall. And it wouldn't surprise me if our civilization dies out soon because of that. Earth is going to win. Always. She will win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often look to that that line, I'm bringing it back to the X-Files because um, I just watched this episode, Quagmire, the, the lake monster one, where Scully said um, her father once told her, respect Mother Nature because Mother Nature has no respect for you. Nope. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. And I think you're right. You know, we've lost sight of our connectedness to our own home, like mm-hmm. what allows us to live here and what feeds us, what gives us our air, what gives us our water, these simple things that we literally need to survive. And I often wonder, like, could these phenomena be the earth screaming at us, like wringing our necks and being like, pay attention to me. Like I'm here. I've always been here. Like stop looking up there. Stop thinking we're, you know, uh, little green men from Zeta Reticuli. Like <laughs> we've been here forever. We're yeah. still here and we're probably going to be here long after you. I don't it's know. It's too noisy. The frequency is too noisy and she can't think. I, I, I believe that. I mean, look at um, uh, during quarantine, how two weeks of no human movement and the air was clean. You could see, was it the Himalayas? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. I, Ah, so frustrating. It makes me, it really boils my blood because we are potentially greater than good, but we just decide to not do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. And especially with the pandemic, you know, again, however this pandemic started, people will debate forever and politicize mm -hmm. and this and that. But again, I feel like it's an example of this was the world, however you decide to see that as an anthropomorphic thing or Mm. a greater thing, but um, the world is putting you back in your shoes and making everything immediate and showing us how precious life can be when Mm. something can ravage the world and kill hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, Remember this and change, change the way you're doing things. And look, hopefully we're on the other side of this pandemic Time will tell. I hope we are. But um, I do truly wonder, have we learned anything from this? Will we learn anything this, from this? I don't, will I don't will anything so. change? I don't. And I hate to be such a cynic about it, but I'm, uh, I, you know, I cross paths with maybe 150, 200 people every day in my job. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, 
the sense of entitlement is greater now than it ever was before. And it's like people have forgotten how to be kind. I'm being so cynical. I want to take some of that back. There are good people and the good people do make it worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just with bad seeds suck. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I just, perspective. Everybody needs a little bit of perspective and some empathy because that will go a long way at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you're right. You know, there are a lot of ugly in the world as this pandemic continues, but um, a lot of beautiful things happening too, which I try to always stress to people, Mm -hmm. um, especially Dave, Tim, Jacob, Matthew, all everyone joining us. (laughs) Ethereal Aura. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Yeah, I love that name. Um, I, I do truly think there's good in the world, but I also wonder, and I love your thoughts on this, like the most UFO information we've ever gotten from the government is happening right now yeah. in the middle of a freaking pandemic where a lot of people aren't paying attention or even know that the Pentagon came out with a UFO report or that um, there's a secret program or a one secret program now not so secret that investigated it and this is a big step it's something a lot of us in the ufo field have hoped and wanted for so long and it's also more widely accepted now but of course it's happening in the middle of a pandemic where we have much more important things to worry about but again i do wonder is that the way it was supposed to play out or was the government like we should probably you know, mess around with this UFO thing so that people forget about everything else going on. Right. I, I don't know. It's yeah. juicy, isn't it? It makes you wonder. And it's like, yeah. oh, I mean, cool. At least the conversation has started. It really yeah. is. And it's making people more interested in this topic and it's becoming more mainstream. So let's say something does happen. We can kind of chill out about it a little. Yeah. <laughs> but I. But what worries me is that we had the War of the Worlds thing that happened. Remember when the radio show and people went bananas? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this pandemic, everybody went bananas over toilet tissue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like if an aircraft were to come over and be like, hey, I'm here, is everybody going to be cool about it? Or are we just going to lose our mind? Yeah. I do wonder. Yeah. Oh, humans. Never I'm ready, seems- though. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm ready to jump ship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you hope for, Karina, when it comes to this whole UFO thing? What do you personally want out of it? Do you want this to be aliens? Do you want this to be us from the future? Um, I don't know. What do you want out of this whole UFO mystery, I guess? such a good question. What do I want? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, I know. it's And it's a big question. Like, I'm still searching for what I want out of all this. I, you know, I mean, we all want validation at the end of the day. It's just, I want to believe in something fantastical. I want to believe that there is something that is looking out for us and wanting to protect us. Try to destroy nuclear weapons, because what's the point of them? Um, I want to believe that there are different races that have different motives and intentions out there. Um, I think the through line through all of it, just to tie in a little bit of script talk, like the through line is just love. We all want love. We all want to be accepted in one way or another. And being connected with ourselves and our earth is, I think, what the lesson is. 
and to have some perspective and not judge each other so quickly. And I, I want to believe that that's the lesson out there that they want to give us. Then at some time they're probably doing human experiments. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Always got to throw that in. Like, you know, the probing, I don't know. That's part of the love. Uh, For some, I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. (laughs) And who's to say it's one, you know, intelligence or phenomenon who who really knows, but. I mean, we, we want answers, but at the same time, maybe we're just not meant to have the answer. Yeah. That's such a good point. I always tell people, um, some of these people who've studied UFOs their whole life, they went to the grave not knowing the answers and maybe they're getting them now and whatever comes next. That's, you know, what I hope happens, Mm -hmm. but who knows? But um, I personally don't think I'm going to get those answers and I'm okay with that. I accepted that a long time ago. And um, I just love asking the questions, like the conversations we've had tonight. Again, this always, it comes back to us. And it says far more about us as humans um, than it does whatever we're dealing with. And that's what's really um, kept me going. It's not what is the answer to UFOs? Um, Is the government hiding information? At the end of the day, the truth will out some way, some form. But um, in the meantime, I'm just going to keep having conversations like this where we can just talk freely about it. And no one's going to laugh at us or or judge us. They, they might be, I, I think guitar me and, and, and Kenny might be laughing at us a little, but, um, but <laughs> again, I love that idea of love. Like, I really do think that's what this kind of boils down to. Like yeah. love conquers all it always has, it always will. Um, but I guess to kind of, to wrap things up, Karina, we've gone a little over what I told you we were gonna, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, what uh tell us a little about your your instagram space cadet and um your awesome animations that you do thank you as well that was so cool yeah tell us about what you got going over there well, i created b the alien her name is b uh the story is she's sent down from the galactic federation because they are like humans why are they worth saving so she's sent down to try to figure it out and what makes her different is that she has so much compassion and curiosity. Um, she has a lot of empathy and she just wants to understand what makes us us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that spawned into Space Cadet Gal, where I like to, um, I want to teach about the history of humans, the inventors, the inventions, ancient civilizations, the facts that are there. So I, I always like to know what happened in the past so we can form our future better. Um, just education, because it's so interesting. You don't know who was behind that curtain a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, along with that, mindfulness, how we can be better for ourselves and those around us, like just picking up some trash or not engaging with somebody that I don't it's, it encompasses a lot of things, which also can go into frequency and energy, sound baths and music. I am not a guru of any sort. I am not an expert. I'm just super passionate. I like to share that information. And I like to guide people to those that are the experts. So kind of like the center of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think our, since we were so made up of so much water, we 
are affected by the music and the sounds around us. So it's really important to feed your soul with hmm. smart sounds. Um, but then also the aliens and cryptology, which of course, obviously we have to talk about that. It's so much fun, the different races, the, the abduction. So I'll lean into that and then science. The physics, astronomy, let's talk about the astronauts, the um, scientists that have changed our lives, like Tesla. Um, so it, it's a lot of ground. It's a lot of content. I have yet to dive into some of it. And as an opener, I did the stop motion animation to just kind of get the story out there and be like, this is what I do. This is what it's about. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I love I it. it. I, I absolutely love it. Well, Karina, where can we find everything you're up to and uh you got anything coming up acting wise that you can share with us or? um i just i do a lot of voiceovers so I've, i'm all over the place with that um space cadet gal on instagram i've got to work on putting content and then my own personal page karina isabel which um i'm always posting stuff about this topic all the time Awesome. Um, that's basically where I'm at. I don't really do Facebook too much. Um, probably, probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Twitter. I can't. It's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. No, I love what you got going on over on Instagram, and I know your work and your journey's only just begun. And so is this conversation. So I would love to have you back again. But I will say good night. Thank you for tonight for everyone who joined us in the live chat. Thank you for coming guys. Thank you for all of your comments for, for Karina and I, and um, once again, Karina, I have to thank you for coming on. Oh, Skies. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.